And boom, just like that, it's Monday. Welcome to it. I am Stretch. It's the Big 49. It is a wonderful day, and we've got an exciting week coming up in Moto World. Let me explain to you, but first tell you this. In this week's Moto World, by the end of the week, we will get everybody on from the 250 and 450 podiums out of the Atlanta Speedway Supercross, and that will be fun. We will start it off today with Mr. Chase Sexton from the HRC Honda team, who finally, I think, what the most complete race we've seen from him all year, and he finally just did what we all know he can do, and he knows he can do. He rode, he's faster than everybody, and he shot out of the gate, and he just rode faster than everybody, and he didn't make any mistakes. And that was a really tough track to not make any mistakes on. So I got to imagine there's a big confidence boost moving forward for Chase Sexton, who could really win his way back into the title championship contention. But that's a tall order when you've got Cooper Webb and Eli Tomac ahead of you in points, and you're really slugging it out with those guys. Now, speaking of those guys, neither one of them on the podium on Saturday. An off day of racing, if you will. It's the second, fourth place in a row for Cooper Webb. And Eli goes to another five. Eli's been consistent at winning or coming in fifth. And that's how Cooper Webb has stayed right there because Cooper's traditionally on the podium. He was not this week. This week it was nice to see Kenny Roxon up there on that Suzuki. And Mr. Justin Barsha, whom we absolutely dig and is now 1,000% certified, extended to ride the gas gas bike for another two years. So that was really cool. We got some interesting moto minutes today. One involves Kenny Roxon because after the race, we get to sit down and talk to all these guys. We got a, a good long interview coming up with Kenny, but there's one little clip, little excerpt that I pulled out that I don't have in the interview when I uh, edited it all down, but it's pretty funny and you will hear that. It involves Moto Man, I'm just saying. So that's coming up on one of the Moto Minutes this afternoon. And let's look forward to next weekend. Here's what we got next weekend in Supercross World, or this coming weekend in Supercross World. We're heading up to the Tri-State area, which is New York, New Jersey. And we are heading into the first of the year East-West Shootout for the 250s. How badass is that going to be? We have got the... 250 East and the 250 West all on one track racing. That means Lawrence versus Lawrence with RJ Hampshire in that mix somewhere. Trust me on that. I also believe the only reason we didn't see RJ Hampshire this weekend in Atlanta is because that East West shootout was looming the next week and they're going to go ahead and get that done and then he won't have to race again until the very last race of the season which will be in Utah on a 250 and he may squeeze in a couple 450s because that Rockstar Energy team is decimated as far as injuries. There is no 450 riders, one guy on the 250 East and one guy on the 250 West and that's all they got. So I would expect that. I I haven't been told that or no one's put a little bird in my ear. That's just my hunch as a Moto fan. Now outside of Moto, I have all of the usual nonsensical babble that I do. I got something cool here in California. There's two states right now that I hate, California and New York, because they are insane liberal nut job crazy people, but they did something good. California's got something good we're going to talk about. It involves old ass people and driving and their driver's license. And then New York did something cool. They uh, got a new like advanced weapon to use against. To me, it's to cut down on, on high speed pursuits or things like that. 
chasing people is very dangerous. That's how innocent civilians and pedestrians and other motorists get killed. So they got a new tool. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the California law with the DMV that's coming your way. Grandma not going to like it. I promise you that. And then we've got, oh my God, I've got so much other crap in here. I've got uh, two 17-year-olds from New Mexico who are uh, massively failed drug dealers, but man, were they going big, and they were going bigger going home. And then I've got an an attempted robbery at a gas station that went wrong because, well, that happens when you're in, you know, like, I don't know, Texas, and a whole bunch more stuff because it's really, really fun to uh, get down and talk about other people and make us feel better about ourselves. It's what we do. But up next, we're not going to make fun of this guy. We're going to talk to Chase Sexton from the HRC Honda team. And we'll do it right after a little rock and roller. It's the Big 49. Big 49, it is Stretch. And right now, we are sitting down with your winner of the Atlanta Supercross. His name is Chase Sexton. He's aboard an HRC Honda. And Chase, it's been a roller coaster year for you. It started off strong where it was a three-dog race for the championship with you, Cooper, and Eli. And then you had some mistakes that cost you some wins, cost you some setbacks, and you kind of fell back in the championship hunt. You're firmly in third, but right now you've got to win to win, basically, and you did that today, and that's got to feel good. So what was it like going out there and going wire to wire today and taking a win and, you know, making some ground in the championship points? Yeah, it's uh, it's all or nothing. So <laughs> it uh, yeah. it's obviously hard when you're racing these, these two guys and Eli Cooper, everybody that's yeah. on the gate. Knowing you have to win is is definitely <laughs> tough, but yeah. I've uh, definitely gained some confidence after last weekend. I feel like I rode well. I just didn't get great starts, and this weekend the start was uh, my starts weren't great, but I snuck yeah. around the first corner pretty well and um, got out front. So if I can keep doing that and put myself in good positions, we uh, we should be sitting good. But it uh, yeah, anything can happen, and there was def- they were a little bit farther back Eli Cooper this weekend so yeah. um still pretty far out but got to win got to win some more of these races and uh today was a weird day did it throw you off did you like you know do anything different in training to get ready for this cuz you guys were up at the crack of dawn this morning and then your race itself started at 3 p.m. local time so how was that for you yeah i uh i woke up this morning it felt like an outdoor race a little bit um getting <laughs> yeah. up early and i was Honestly, all day I felt super tired, like the first two practices, and I kept waking up a little bit more every session. And uh, this, or for the night show, I felt pretty good. So yeah. it was uh, a little bit good to get used to. I didn't really prepare at all. I'm not, okay. I didn't wake up early this week or change anything. I kind of just yeah. did my own thing and um, was definitely a little, little groggy this morning. But yeah. And uh, maybe that's what I needed for, for a good main event. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe that is what you needed. Or maybe it's whatever you guys have been doing training-wise the last couple of weeks because it, it does definitely seem dialed in. Uh, at what point today, though, Chase, did you realize during this race, I got this, I'm taking this home, I am good, and I am going to uh, win this one, and I'm going wire to wire. At what point had that sunk into you during the actual race? Uh, I saw eight minutes – or no – Maybe it was 10 minutes to go on the pit board. And um, this week, I did pretty much all motos, no no heat races, no sprints, nothing. Okay. So I really focused on the final 10 minutes of, of the main event. And yeah. when I hit 10 minutes, I'm like, okay, this is this is where you make it or break it. And that was my my mindset. But as soon as the race is over, it kind of hit me. I'm like, all right, we got through that one, and now yeah. we can uh, break through and 
start uh, start clicking some off. Now, is it sweeter to even know that as you come across the line and you look back, you obviously knew who was right behind you. You were watching the leaderboard probably as you raced, but to know that both Eli and Cooper were not on the box today, did that make this win even better for you? Eli and Cooper not being on the podium doesn't, I mean, make it any. I mean, I guess it means I made made up more points, but yeah. doesn't really make it any sweeter. These wins are. Yeah hard to come by and uh each one feels very very special especially especially this one uh leading uh start to finish like that was yeah. uh a good uh, like i said mental barrier to break through and it was uh not an easy track to to ride especially with those boobs so yeah. just felt really solid and uh read the pit board this weekend for the first time this year so that was uh a good thing to do and i think it might have helped me get through that race a little <laughs> little cleaner so gonna try and do that more um, these coming rounds. And now uh, you mentioned the whoops, and it's funny. I look at social media and watched all the press day coverage and everything, and everybody, even though there was no press day riding, I know that everybody was walking the track and going, these whoops are gnarly. These whoops are gnarly. So I know you had to, like, you know, psych yourself up for them or whatever it was, but but how did you like those whoops out there on the track today? Yeah, I didn't really like the whoops that much. <laughs> uh, they were really gnarly. That was really the whole, yeah. whole lap was focused on getting through that first set of whoops. And okay get through there and we're, we're solid but yeah yeah it was uh got through a big mental barrier for me to lead that whole race and ride yeah. solid so especially with how gnarly the track was i was yeah pretty on point so that was uh, a fun race and it was uh much needed and uh outside of the whoops it's a uh, cool you know speedway tracks are a lot different than your typical supercross track uh how did you like this overall track here in atlanta you know i guess compared to the others or even the other speedways i liked it i've uh for some reason i've always uh done good here i like that they have yeah. a lot of dirt so the obstacles are bigger um yeah. some big jumps there was we walked the track yesterday, and there was like a 75-foot turning double over there that they yes. faced. But um, <laughs> big jumps and definitely high speed and usually some bigger loop sections. Uh, so, yeah, it's technical, and today it definitely broke down, I think, more than it has in the past since I've, we've been racing here. So yeah. as far as super motocross goes, we don't – I mean, there's yeah. no – I don't know if there's going to be whoops. We don't really know what it's going to be like. So That's I'm true. assuming it's going to be high speed like this, but – it, uh, yeah, I enjoy these speedways, and I definitely like it yeah. during the day more than at night because there was no shadows out there. All right, Chase, uh, we were talking about going wire to wire on this, and obviously you would mentioned before you did some work on the front end of the bike, uh, I guess, last week. Uh, how much of what's going on right now with you and getting back to being really fast and winning is mentally, and how much of it is the bike as far as you're concerned? I think it's a mixture of both. Okay. Uh, mentally, when you have that many crashes – late yeah. in the race it yeah. definitely wears on you and uh was definitely bummed out about that but part me part bike it was yeah. just easier for me especially the last couple of races to be confident when the bike when the track gets rougher okay my bike is uh it's pretty stretched out right now as far as stability and um it's been good we uh did some testing in the off week on supercross and yeah it's uh it was good last weekend but last weekend was dry and didn't really put a lot of load in the bike so this weekend with it being tackier uh, it was a good test for it, especially with the whoops. So uh, happy with that and happy with just how I rode the whole race and stoked to uh, keep this thing going. All right, so second week in a row that you've made up points in the championship hunt. You're just creeping along, creeping along. Uh, in your mind, are you just going to you know keep fighting every day or, or is it in your mind like, I'm still in this, this isn't over yet? Um I mean, I'm st definitely still there. It's not yeah. never over till it's over. I have to win a lot more races to yeah. really get into this thing. But, um, yeah, we're going to 
swing the bat every time we the gate drops. So nice. looking forward to these last four races and uh, see what can happen. All right, Chase, man. Thank you for your time. As always, we appreciate you and congratulations on another great week and congratulations on probably the best ride of your entire season, just going wire to wire and looking as fast as we all know that you are. So uh, congratulations. Can't wait to see what happens next week when we head up to New Jersey. That'll be fun. I'm Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. The Man Urge. Report. Remember Trevor Bauer, the Dodger ace that won the Cy Young Award back in 2020 or something like that? The dude is now pitching minor leagues in Japan because of that whole sexual freaky-deaky alleged domestic violence thing like that. No major league team will touch him, and he had to go over to Japan to try to rehab his career. As the NBA playoffs get underway here in America, in China, there is the CBA playoffs that are also underway. But after just one round, there is all kinds of suspicion that the first round playoff game series was rigged between the Shanghai Sharks and the Jiangsu Dragons. They said the game was all but over, but in the last few minutes, there was a shocking round of turnovers in which Shanghai ended up winning the game and the series. They say professional sport fixing is a big deal in China, and it involves gambling syndicates that have players, coaches, referees, and association officials all involved in it, so most of the sports over there are BS like everything else they make. President Booby Pants has embarrassed America again. This time he's over in Ireland. He's been there pretty much all week. And when he was getting ready to leave, he gave a speech and he said the United States and Ireland could do anything together and that he really meant that and that we could la lick the world. Whatever that means, la lick. I don't know, making up words now or if he thinks that we're gonna lick it like an ice cream cone. I'm not sure what Joe's thinking. I don't even think Joe knows what Joe's thinking anymore. The Man Earth. Man Entertainment with Stretch. Big 4-9, it is a stretch show. Didn't tell you about this story up front because it's interesting to me, even though I don't really dig it. I do think it's fine. I, I don't have a problem with it, but the, the way to stop bitch-like behavior by people is not to assume bitch-like behavior on your own. It's to call them out for having bitch-like behavior and move on, and that's not working. It's what we've been doing, and I'm talking about cancel culture, and I can tell you right now, if you go online, you go on YouTube, and you look at Stretch Robert, you're going to find old-ass stand-up bits I did. There's all kinds of stuff on there. I'll get cancel culture tomorrow if somebody really wanted to come after me. There's plenty online and plenty of podcasts and old shows, and I've said all kinds of inappropriate things all under the guise of humor because, well, I have a sense of effing humor. And we've lost that. And at least half of society has lost that. And now not only have you lost that, but then they want to force you to have been to their ways. And their ways are not uh, acceptable to many, 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 many people on this planet. And their beliefs are not our beliefs. And they are trying to force their beliefs on you. And that's how we got the cancel culture. So if you ever said anything or you ever made a joke about uh, someone's pronouns, don't get me started on that one, you could get cancel culture. Well, there's a new service. And I understand it, like I said, 
but it is just basically flipping cancel culture on its head is what's happening now. There is a new service that will start this week, and it is called Woke Alert, where you can get text warnings about products pushing a perceived left-wing agenda as part of a conservative backlash to the whole... This is, face it, this is all... The Bud Light thing is what started this. And now the ball's rolling, and now no one's going to be able to stop the ball. And I can tell you the ball is rolling because in the last two weeks since the Bud Light scandal broke, NBC has not played one commercial of men kissing during Supercross where we were getting bombarded with them on the Peacock. Bombarded with them. And we bitched about it on the 49 as we watched it. We said, this is grossly inappropriate for this audience. Like, know your demographic when you're shoving commercials in. It was like a way to me that they were pushing their agenda down your throat as opposed to pushing a product down your throat. And that stopped completely. And now there is a new... A text service that you can sign up for, text notification system, and it's from a conservative advocacy group, uh, Consumers Research, in response to riot, uh, widespread right-wing anger over recent trends in advertising and big business. They say it's become the latest battle in the culture wars dividing the United States amongst fierce debate over trans rights and corporate America's role in political activism. The service called Woke Alerts will launch uh, this week and it will combat what uh, they call woke capitalism by informing shoppers when a major company is pushing a massive liberal agenda. Obviously, we all know the king of this is Coca-Cola. They are already in the crosshairs. Everybody's already called them Woca-Cola for so long. Uh, Levi's jeans are what they call woke-washed. It's the latest strategy by a conservative group following similar initiatives targeting some of the country's large companies, and it's what's been going on the last two or three years from the left. If you have anything that is non-woke, they've been canceling you. Well, now, the shoe's on the other foot, bitches. And uh, like I say, I don't see having bitch-like behavior as a way of uh, curbing bitch-like behavior. It's, It's the same thing we're getting in politics. I mean, let's be honest. If you're a Democrat, you think that the Republican right-wingers are insane nut jobs that want to steal your right to kill babies. And if you're a right-winger, you think that the Democrats are insane nut jobs that want to reprogram your kids to be homos and trans and want to take away your guns. And, And everyone's dug their heels in, and that's where we are. And the left in my opinion, really took this one step further with the cancel culture and they started targeting any business that wasn't woke or didn't bend to their wishes. We've seen it with, not only with uh, sexual stuff as far as gay and trans and all of that, we also see it with uh, racial a lot. I mean, find a commercial that is not predominantly if not all African American now. That's part of the woke culture and I don't have a problem with it other than, hey, that's like 12% of American population. Why are they 90% of commercials now? It's interesting to see. Well, the woke has gone so far that the people on the right are now just becoming woke themselves in the opposite direction. 
and we're getting things like the woke alerts. And it's going to have an effect. We're seeing what it's doing right now. And they're basically going to tell you to just take your money elsewhere. They say the uh, text alert service was set up in light of recent direction taken by uh, the Bud Light, as well as Jack Daniels, as well as Bank of America. It's already got a list of companies, and you probably didn't know a lot of these companies because the one that's really shined the light on right now is the Bud Light deal. Well, they're saying their thoughts on this service, the people that own this service, we believe that companies should focus on their customers and not woke politics and progressive activists. It's legitimate thought. I have an idea. Business should stay out of everything and just sell to everyone. They say consumers can sign up for the free service and they will be notified when companies cave to the woke mob so they know the brands that are attacking their values. It's interesting, isn't it? Think about this. Like, they've been not spending their money. How long have you heard? I have so many friends. One of my dear, dear friends, Jack is... God, we've been friends for 20-something years. Did a radio show for 20 years together every single day. And uh, Jack was raised by his mom, who is a lesbian, who is freaking awesome. And his dad was in another part of the country. And then he was raised by his mom and whoever his mom's girlfriend was at the time or whatever, one or two lesbians. And he, I remember always being adamant he would not go to Chick-fil-A. They are anti-gay. I will not go to Chick-fil-A. And I'm like, dude, they got good chicken sandwiches. And he's like, I won't go. And he's always had that. And you know what? That's that's his world. That's how he was raised. I never had a problem with it. I'm like, all right, cool. But think about it. If something doesn't, you know, jive with your beliefs, you don't spend your money there. And that's what people want to do so this new alert system is going to tell you when companies and i'm going to tell you it's going to be hard to buy anything because you got nike on here american express american airlines major league baseball state farm Ticketmaster, uh black rock these are all companies that are already on the list of woke from this company coca-cola is the main coca-cola is the target if you really are anti-woke. You should never touch a Coca-Cola product again as long as you live. They say there is no single criteria, but companies that focus on ethical and climate-conscious approaches or have supported left-wing positions in domestic political debates can expect to be targeted on this new list. The group is launching the uh, an initial six-figure digital campaign to let consumers know about the new service which shoppers can sign up to via their website. The advocacy group was founded in 1929. It launched its first major culture war and battle in 2021 when it announced Consumers First as part of its crusade against Wall Street. And they have spent heavily on attacks targeting, like I said, BlackRock, Coca-Cola, American Airlines. Oh yeah, Disney too. Disney is the best of the best. I can tell you this though, as a guy that's not going to sign up for Woke Alerts, I can tell you there is, uh, there's going to be hacking because all the little left-wing bitch hackers are going to hack and then they're going to get the phone numbers of all the people that signed up for this and then they're going to try to leak your information out there and show you. It's a never-ending. It's a tit-for-tat, eye-for-an-eye, and it will never end because we are divided, divided, divided. We are not united. We are the divided states of America, and I don't see it getting better. I see us staying that way. I see the big cities being these uh, left-leaning, and I see the rest of America being right-leaning. 
and I don't think it's going to get fixed. It really isn't. So this new woke alerts, uh, their advertising campaign is coming up. So Google uh, woke alerts and you will find the company and you can sign up for it if it's something you're down for. And you're like, you know what? I don't want to spend my money in any of these companies that don't align with my core values. You're right as an American. So check it out. The woke has woke up the woke right to be unwoke in their direction. It's going to be fun. What could go wrong? All right, I'm Stretch. Coming up next. You know I hate New York City, speaking of woke, wokeity woke woke, let's talk about something they got cool going on with their police department. I think it's awesome. High tech stuff, like sci-fi gadgets. This one though I don't see really working and they're spending a lot of money on it, but it's still kind of cool, so we'll talk about it. It's the Big 49. Big, big, big 49 moto minute brought to you by lbz we've all been ripping on kawasaki all season long because they've had riders injured the entire time but nobody is as depleted as that rockstar energy husqvarna team in fact in atlanta they had one guy under the tent for the entire day and nobody on a 450 that one guy was uh young Taylor hawkins he had a pretty solid day finished third in his heat race and eighth overall in the 250 Eastern Division, but he was the only guy holding it down for Husqvarna. Everybody else on the injured list. The only other guy that's healthy is RJ Hampshire, and he's the solo guy riding on the 250s in the West. We'll see if they bring him up to ride 450s a little later on in the season. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. It's a big 49. Uh oh. Karis one bitches. Here we go. Sound of the police. Not a better song to play as we go into a story about the New York Police Department. I traditionally do not like New York or Los Angeles in any way, shape, or form, although I have lived and worked in both. And I am from Los Angeles. I don't like the direction they're going. By the way, if you got woke alerts, I'll tell you right now, LA and uh, New York are both on that. (laughs) Uh, This is cool, though, and and I'm going to shout you out when you do something cool. The New York Police Department went into a whole bunch of high-tech gadgetry last week. I saw it initially, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. But the one thing I really like is a gun that fires a sticky GPS tracker at a moving vehicle. So if the cops are behind you and you just committed a crime, all they got to do is got to get within, they say, 35, 40 feet of you, and they shoot this gun at you. And it will stick to your car, and it's a GPS tracker, and then they don't have to chase you because the GPS tracker is going to tell them exactly where you go, and they just got to radio ahead. Hey, they just turned right here. They're sitting under here, and the police will be able to get you. The launcher is called the Guardian HX, and it's made by a company called Star Chase. It's got satellite tracking, and it literally is... Bigger than, you know, it's not like the, the iPhone tracker, the little tag, the iPhone tags that you can stick on somewhere, the Apple tags. This is, it's bigger than a Nerf dart. At pretty good size, in fact. It almost looks like a tear gas launcher, like it's that big. And it's got like a Nerf dart on the end. It's got this sticky goo on it. So it hits and it just sticks to your car. And then from there on out, it's now being tracked. And the department can just shoot it at you. They say it's actually fired from an AR-15 rifle. And 
it's got a modified stock on it and they blast it at your car and it's kind of cool I, I i see it now i want to try one i want to play with it they say the trigger of it is more of a button an electronic system that activates the release of a pressurized gas to propel the gps projectile and the magazine is actually a battery Say all that tech makes for a single shot launcher capable of firing one adhesive tip GPS tracker before needing its barrel reloaded. The projectile travels at 37 miles an hour and has a straightforward range of 35 feet, but they say if you arch it a little bit, you can get it out to 60 feet ahead and drop it on a car in front of you. Once the GPS tag is adhered to the vehicle, it pings to the Star Chase satellites with its location every two to five seconds and then they radio it back down to the popo. Now here's the thing. The NYPD has invested 20 grand on the Guardian HX Venture and I bet that's one gun. And they haven't said if the company is gonna charge them to track it once they fire it. So once they got it up there, if they have to pay extra to track a car with the satellite services. They also got a robot dog and then man, they went all and they got some other robots that they brought into the NYPD. All of this, they said they were getting ready to launch a couple years ago, but they didn't because, well, the defund the police thing came and they cut back and they didn't want to be spending, at this point, hundreds of thousands of dollars on robots and GPS tracking guns because of that. Because remember, they were super woke and they didn't want to be looking like they were spending money on the popo, so they cut all this funding and it's just coming back around now three years later when people are realizing, holy crap, crime is out of hand. We got to do something about that. Defunding the police was a terrible idea. Said no lefty, woke-ass bastard anywhere, but we all know that to be true. So there you go. New York, moving back into the future of law enforcement. Going to be pretty cool. Coming up next, I will tell you about some kids in New Mexico that are bad drug dealers. Yeah, bad, bad. We got to learn from them. It's the Big 49. Big 49. Every day I'm hustling. Me and Rick Ross. Every day we think about slaying cocaine. By the way, I did finally watch Cocaine Bear over the weekend. And if you appreciate a really stupid movie, it's freaking great. In that sense, not a great movie at all, but it's got just brutal violence, which is comedic at some level, at really a lot of levels. And it's funny. And Cocaine Bear gets super high, and he's all strung out on cocaine. And Cocaine Bear, I'm not going to give it away, but Cocaine Bear got cocaine babies. So maybe there could be a sequel, because they're all high up on the freaking yayo, like Rick Ross. I don't know if Rick Ross gets high on the yayo, or he just slang the yayo. But he's not living in Atlanta. He's like, screw Florida. I'm getting out of here. Five O's up on me. So now he's up in Atlanta, rolling with his... Rolls Royces, being a pimp. Tell you about some kids out there who are going to live the Rick Ross lifestyle. They're from New Mexico. Yet, they rolled up into beautiful North Carolina where they were stopped at a traffic stop. And when they got stopped, uh, the police were alerted to a secret compartment in the car. They were driving a pickup truck and they looked and they noticed they had a secret compartment in the tailgate. Well, they start to investigate because that's what the popo do. When the popo see a secret compartment in a car that most cars don't have, they're like, what's in that secret compartment? And you're like, what secret compartment? I don't know what you're talking about. So they alerted the drug people and they came over and they searched the car and they found 43 pounds 
of crystal meth. Not 43 grams, 43 pounds of crystal meth. That is freaking nuts. The vehicle was being driven by two 17-year-old teenagers out of New Mexico. They're now facing multiple charges after Greenville police found the 42 pounds of crystal meth in their vehicle. Uh, They've been charged with multiple counts of level three trafficking and methamphetamine. And they were processed into the Pitt Regional Juvenile Detention Center because they are juveniles. So there you go. Want to be like Rick Ross? Don't try it. You better know what you're doing. You're a 17-year-old dumbass with a secret compartment in your pickup truck. They're going to be suspicious, especially when they walk up and they can see where there's a secret compartment in your pickup truck. Secret compartments work better in cars where they can't be seen unless they're already inside the car, and they can't be inside the car unless they have a search warrant. But you would have known that if you were a professional slanger like me and Rick Ross. But you're not. That's why you're not the boss. I'm the boss. Yeah. Moto Man is not going to have a secret compartment on the 70 when he slings 43 pounds of yayo coming across the Mexican border with the Mexican drug cartel in tow. No, he is not. Still not a thorough 100% plan that we're laying out. It's, it's, it's you know, backup plans. You got to have plan B. If you don't have plan B, you're a dumbass. And that's what we got. We got a plan B. Sometimes plan A don't work out. Or sometimes in order to have plan A, plan B's got to back up plan A. And you got to do both at the same time so that you can be productive. Keep the lights on. Keep things rolling. Tell you this, a lot of people sat here. And it's been three years of the Big 49 now. Three years in about about three weeks away from our three-year anniversary. And people looked at it and they're like, ah, internet radio. <laughs> ah, then a year goes by and they're like, internet radio, man, these clowns are still here. And two years go by and they're like, yeah, this internet radio is a lot cheaper than what we're doing, choking ourselves out with expenses. And they're not, they're still here and they're growing on us. And now three years in, people are like, all right, this is BS. This is internet radio. This shouldn't be competing with real terrestrial radio and satellite radio. And yet both of them are feeling the pinch of a small company called the Big 49, which is lovely streaming HLS quality music without a lot of commercials because we don't have gazillions of dollars of overhead. It's the game. We're beating you at business, man. That's why, but we still got to have a backup plan because we do need to make more money. You know, we're, we're, we're huffing along. We're the little engine that could. Chugging up that hill. Chugga, 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 chugga. Got cocaine in the back car. Chugga, 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 chugga. But here we are. And we're, we're making a dent. We're making a dent. We're making headway. We're still growing. People are still finding us for the first time. We're still brand new. A lot of people's eyes. Big 49's just chugging along, chugging along, chugging along. And it is not making friends anywhere in the moto industry because they don't want us dipping into their funds. They don't like us getting credit for uh, a lot of the stuff that are, is out there, the news. By the way, it's full credit. I broke the Justin Barsha story a week ago. Everybody's just talking about it today. If you look at that, Justin Barsha resigned for two years to Gas Gas. Shout out Justin Barsha. Freaking dig that guy. Shout out to Justin Barsha and the Gas Gas crew because... Not only are they re-signed and looking good for two years, Justin's riding better than he's ever ridden since he's been on that team. A podium machine right now. The wide open style of that man. I dig that dude. And he's funny and cool and nothing bad to say about Justin Barsha. Shout out to that guy. 
Got a great interview with him coming up later this week, too, where we get to talk to him at the press conference after the race. So beware. The Big 49's coming for you. Have your backup plan. And don't put secret compartments in the back of your pickup truck where the police can see it when they walk up to give you a traffic ticket. Simple life lessons. That's all it is. Simple life lessons. I'm Stretch. Coming up next, you know what? I'm going to send shout-outs to Oregon. What is it with Stretch giving shout-outs to all these crazy-ass states that are have their woke heads up their woke asses? But I'm going to do it. Got a good story out of Oregon today. It's not the Oregon politics, by the way, so don't get it wrong. It's not like the city or state or anyone in Oregon pulled their head out of their ass and did something smart. No, it's a guy in Oregon that did something cool. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you ups. I'll, I'll big up a state for that. We'll do it next. I'm talking hundreds of thousands of dollars for free up in Oregon. It's the Big 4-9. Big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Saturday at the 450 press conference in Atlanta, Justin Barsha, who finished second on the day, made it absolutely official, confirming that he had indeed re-signed a contract with the Gas Gas team that will keep him there for two more years. Something I told you about a year ago because he mentioned it in the press conference last week and nobody reacted to it. They're all like super waiting for the official, official announcement from the team. And I can tell you this, if Barsha says it, it's good enough for me. That contract has been done for a week in my eyes. Congratulations, Barsha and the Gas Gas team. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9 is a stretch show on a Monday morning. Thank you for being here. Don't forget the stretch show podcast is available everywhere podcasters serve. Because the stretch don't play. Hide your kids, hide your wife, because the stretch show's coming to take them away. That's right. You know what I'm talking about. We are everywhere. You like the Moto Show on Saturdays? That's a vlog, bitches. You can see it at thebig49.com. We got it on YouTube, we got it on the vlog. We got the damn thing everywhere. That's what we're doing. We got the stretch show everywhere podcasts are served. And then we got TheMig49.com playing rock and roll and motocross 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Seven days a week. Never stops. Always live. At any moment, I could push a button and say, hey, it's stretch, eat my balls, and then turn it off and not talk again for seven hours. I can do whatever I want. You know why? my radio station but I don't do that I give you a show I give you a quality show I give you a hard hitting moto journalistic viewpoint from 3am till noon pacific Monday through Friday and then I take that and chop it all down put in the labor put in the work you know why the big 49 is not lazy big 49 is not afraid of a little work big 49 definitely is not woke big 49 is here with the people of motocross the fans of motocross like rock and roll. The fans of motocross do not like woke. I can tell you that. I'm speaking as one of them. Not for them, as one of them. And I fit in with that crowd. Because, well, I know how they think. And we are here doing our thing on the radio Monday through Friday. Saturday we do the Moto Show. Any race, we cover it live. Friday afternoons, we throw Moto Man on. He brings on Kyle, and it's Moto Man and Kyle knocking it out from 3 to 7 on Fridays. When we go out in the field, we play with our friends at the LBZ. You know why? Because the LBZ is the company that gets the lifestyle. It is all about the lifestyle. 
lbz.life. Check it out. That's a lifestyle place. They got some sweet gear. They got some cool stuff. And they are good people. And they are down with the 4-9, and the 4-9 is down with them. And I'll tell you, the whole damn thing's powered by Ghost. <laughs> it really, really is. Ghost Energy Drinks powers the whole thing right now. We just power it down, get our Ghost on. I can also tell you this, as hard as we have worked, and as as much as, a, as it is a grind to run this radio station day to day to day, you know, it's a business, and we're in it to make money, and we're in it to do this and eventually stop doing all of our other side jobs. Everyone here's got other work. And we'll eventually stop doing that and just work the big 49. That is the plan. That is the master plan. And when I get to that mountaintop, which is a mountain of money, and I'm standing on it, I am not going to do what this guy did, but shout out to him for doing it. Let's go to Portland, Oregon. We got a guy named Colin McCarthy. He's 38 years old, and he created quite the bad situation on Interstate 5 in Eugene on Tuesday when about 7.30 p.m. he rolled out on a highway, dropped the windows, and just started throwing $100 bills out the window. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. And not dollar dollar bills, hundred dollar dollar bills. Throwing them out the window. Boom, boom, handfuls. Boom, boom, boom. And then people driving started going, holy crap, that's funny. And guess what happened? Oh, hell broke loose. That's what happened. People pulled over. And let me tell you how much all hell broke loose. They estimate he threw out $200,000 worth of cash onto the freeway. Now, of course, they they spotted him, apprehended him, I'm sure, with, uh, you know, video surveillance cameras, etc. And when they pulled him over, that's how they know who he is. His name's uh, Colin McCarthy. And he says he wanted to gift the money to the people. And he just started throwing it out. He knew people would get it. Because you throw $100 bills on the ground, and they're not going to just go to waste get picked up and thrown in the trash. Somebody's going to get that crap. And people were pulling over and running around the highway, which is incredibly unsafe. They say that uh, Mr. McCarthy has not yet been charged with a crime, but they have asked him to please not give any more money away on the freeways like that to find another way to do it. They say that when the Oregon State Police rolled out of the scene, they were unable to find any remaining cash along the roadside. So therefore, there was no evidence to prove he did anything. They say the motorist did a very, very thorough job of getting all of the loose money. And they also, the Oregon State Police, cautioned all drivers to refrain from trying to find any money themselves. But I'm looking at a video of it being dark, and this had happened hours before, and there's people just parked all along the road walking on the side, including the Oregon State Police. Can't tell me they weren't going to pocket a couple hundies if they found them. So shout out to this guy. And I did see another story that they say this guy was having a beef with his family. And it was the family money, and he's just like, screw you. We, this money's screwing us up, and threw it out the window. I heard that. I can't fire, verify that. That's not in the original story that I had, which is they know who this guy is, said he wanted to gift the money, and went out to the freeway and just threw it out the windows. $200,000 and $100 bills out the windows. Lord, that's a lot of money. And no one's reporting that. That's the thing the government's mad about. They're not mad that the guy gave away a bunch of money. They're mad that the people that got the money aren't going to get taxed on it. That's what they're mad about. They want to find a way. Could you set it up so that you can officially give it away and then have records so that we can tax them for the, you know, six, seven hundred dollars that they got from you? We'll tax the hell out of you. 
I think it's anything over 600 bucks they'll tax you, even though you can't officially give a gift under 10 grand to someone. But I'm pretty sure they do have to report it. Taxes are, are BS. Every dollar, just think about that. You earn a dollar, it's taxed. So then you put it back up to a dollar with your own money because it's not a dollar once you get it. And you give that dollar to someone else and then they're taxed. It's like, how many times is that dollar taxed? Over and over and over. We're getting triple, quadruple taxed, and it's BS. And then we have idiots like we have running everything. That's why Oregon's so screwed up, why California's so screwed up, why New York is so screwed up, why Washington, D.C. goes so screwed up, and America's so screwed up. Besides all that, none of us can get along. Anyway, everything's screwed up. Take a great American like Stretch to fix it. And I don't really have the time because I'm trying to run this radio station with all my numbnuts friends. All right, coming up. I got a couple more stories left in me. I got a couple more to get to. Let's talk about California and something they did right. I'm crazy. I'm telling you something New York did right. I'm telling you something that happened good in Oregon. And now I'm going to tell you something about the government of California did that I think is kind of right. They almost got it right. They're half-assed morons, but they're going in the right direction. Come on, you can do it. We'll talk about this one next. It involves old people and driving. It's the Big 49. Big, big, big. big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Hi, guys. One of the things I get to do after each and every race is get into the press conference and talk to the riders and ask them different questions and hear what they've got to say about other questions that are asked to them. And I will give you right now the shortest interview in the history of a press conference, and that is when I got to sit down with Kenny Roxon and ask him one question, and I got a nice one-word answer. And here it is. All right, Kenny, there's one thing that everyone at the Big 49 knows, and there's some type of static between you and Moto Man, and we don't know what it is, but what I'm willing to do, because I like you and you talk to me and we seem to be really cool, is to sit down and, like, broker a peace deal with you and Moto Man. Are you open to that? No. All righty, then. Cool. Respect. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ coming up one hour from now. Big 49, it is Stretch Show. Right now, get a little Dio in there. Little Ronnie James Dio. Rest in peace, my man. The last in line. I tell you who needs to be the last in line when it comes to driver's licenses. You know what I'm talking about. We're talking about old people. They are horrible drivers. They are bad, awful, horrible drivers. I know there's a law, and you're going to find this shocking it's been on the books since 1978 and it involves people over the age of 70 renewing their driver's license anyone 70 or older that wants to renew their driver's license can't just get it renewed through the mail they have to go to the DMV office for a knowledge test and eye exam they figure that old people can't see maybe that's why they're such horrible drivers and also maybe you know, you can't read the signs that say stop or, hey, this is a farmer's market, don't drive through it, things like that. And here they are. They're like, oh, that's a good law. Well, guess what? That law's been on the books in California since 1978. It was lifted, though, during the COVID-19 pandemic, and now they're starting to put it back in effect, and all these old people are claiming, this is ageism. Hey! 
You can't do this to me. I'm a great driver. And then, of course, all the lefty vaginas jump to their aid, and they're like, statistically, if you um, run this through the fact checker, people that are older have fewer accidents than those in their 20s and 30s. And you're like, okay, statistically, you're correct. But they also drive to church and to the grocery store, and that's it. Young people are driving around every day. The more you drive, the more at risk you are of something happening. I had an accident myself about five or six years ago. Let me tell you how this happened. I'm in the far right lane coming out of LAX when a nice elderly Asian man was in the far left lane. That's six lanes over from me. The light turned green. I went straight. He made a right turn from the far left lane into my door. It was a traffic collision. Had nothing to do with me. And I just happened to be the target of this idiot's bad driving. And guess what? That went on my record as a collision that I was in. And man, was I pissed. I almost punched that guy in the face when I got out of my car just because he was... You can't be that stupid. But I, I refrained. I'm getting older and wiser. Then went the lawsuit. Almost beat his ass, though. Right into my back door. Bam! And I had a passenger in the back. That's why I was working for rehab. I had a passenger I picked up and we were going back to rehab. And I got T-boned by a dude in the left lane coming across six lanes of traffic into my back door like he was suddenly going to make a right turn. Effing idiot. Idiot, idiot. Ah, oh, boy. So, old people are now bitching about this even though it's been on the books forever and ever. And all the old people are like, I shouldn't have to go in. It's ageism. This is crap. Ah. He's like, I drove on 75 and I just drove to a Dodger game without an incident. Oh, yay, bravo, Grandpa. I've been driving for 40 years, damn near. I've had like two accidents. And by, by the way, a couple of when I was a teenager, you know who else you should watch? Teenagers. They're, they're learning to drive. They're not great drivers yet. Through my teenage years of being Mario Andretti, so I became the greatest driver in the history of the world. Now I only have accidents when dumbasses plow into me. So, it is on the books. It is here in California. And now that COVID is pretty much gone, let's say, you can now have to go back to in-person drive testing. Now, to be honest, this is stupid. I appreciate the effort because everyone complains about old people being horrible drivers, and it's true. My God, I wouldn't get in the car with my father now if you paid me. Just turned into an old man that can't drive. It's sad. It's a sad day. He was once a, a fun driver. He used to rip around, do burnouts and stuff. He used to be able to rip it. Now he's like, hey, God, hey. He's a typical old dude. And I understand that, but I don't think a test should, a, a written test is what they should be doing. They should be doing a driven test. There's a big difference in being able to read still and comprehend traffic laws than there are to actually applying them in the real sense of a driving on the road test. And that's what I think they should start doing once you hit 70. You hit 70, they're like, all right, every four years you're coming in here for a driven test. And if you fail, we're taking your license. We're calling your kids if you got kids and you're after you're on the bus. Because it's it's crazy that they're god awful drivers and you know I'm right. That's the ones I know. I'm telling you, my dad used to be an amazing driver. And now he's just like, dude, what happened to you? You got old, dude. Man. 
right. Anyway, California standing up and doing the right thing. That that you never hear that. Mm-hmm. Kind of the right thing. Like I said, if they're really doing the right thing, they'd make these old geezers go out and take a written test. I'd be willing to do it. I'm 70. I'll do it in reverse because I'm a badass still. Yeah, watch this, Junior. Anyway, happy Monday, Grandpa. It's a big 49. Big 49. It's Stretch Show on a Monday. Right now, let's talk about murder. Snoop D O double G. That's Moto Man's homeboy. Moto Man used to smoke big old bowls with Snoop Dogg. Roll out, sit in the studio. Just blowing funnels of smoke up in the air. Going, murder! Yeah. Motoman's a gangster. All right, I'll tell you this. I don't know what's going on with the National Guardsmen, but we got that guy they busted last week for leaking all those classified documents out to the world. He was downloading them from a, a place he worked at uh, north of Boston. Well, now let's go to the Tennessee National Guards where they arrested a guy on Thursday. His name is Josiah Ernesto Garcia. He's 21 years old. And he's an idiot. Okay, if we need a actual written test for old people to keep their driver's license, we need to start testing for idiots in the National Guard because we've got two in a week. We had this guy that thought it was okay to download top secret classified info, put him on a chat room, let him get leaked out to the entire world. All kinds of security issues with things going on over in the Ukraine. He just popped that all up on the internet for all of our enemies to see. This guy, Mr. Garcia, yeah, he decided, well, you know what? I'm really good. I, 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 I'm a soldier. I've been trained by the United States military. So what did he do? He went to hireahitman.com. That's a real website. You know what that website's for? Or I'm sorry, rentahitman.com. And he basically said, I'm looking for a job that pays well related to my military experience, shooting and killing so I can support my kid on the way. That's what he wrote in his email when he went to the, uh, it's a joke website, but they actually have a section where you can sign up to be a hitman and he signed up to be a hitman. So they're like, this guy wants to be a hitman, huh? So they turn it over to authorities, authorities there in Tennessee sent him and said, hey, I got a uh, someone I need you to kill. I'll give you $5,000. He's like, done. Give me their thing. And they set it up and then they went and arrested him. Yeah. He says, what can I say? I enjoy doing what I do. So if I can find a job that is similar to this, uh, put me in, coach. That was his application. That was his profile on rentahitman.com. They say Garcia admitted in one phone interview that he was comfortable taking fingers and ears as trophies for his clients. They got this guy on the phone and let him just hang himself. And that's when they offered him $5,000 to do a job in April. And he was arrested on April 12th after inquiring as to whether he needed to take a photo of the dead body as proof that the job was complete. Say it was not immediately clear whether Garcia yet has a lawyer. Remember, this guy works for the Tennessee National Guard. That's two National Guard's morons in a week. We need better testing to let people in there. And by the way, just because you want to kill people, that's not a good reason to be uh, accepted into the military, to be honest with you. 
Yeah, that, that should be a red flag. As a matter of fact, there's maybe guys we don't want in the military. I enjoy killing people. It's fun. Okay, psycho. How about you're out of here? You got a nice desk job for you somewhere. Not gonna ever let you see a firearm. Or no, you're not in, in the military at all. Yeah, so he's been arrested. He enlisted in the Air National Guard in July 2021. And the agency is now aware of his recent arrest and will support the civil law enforcement as they continue their investigation into why one of their employees signed up to be a hitman and accepted $5,000 to murder someone. I am not kidding. It is crazy. And it's a joke site called rentahitman.com. And apparently people think it's real. And they go there looking to hire a hitman. By the way, if you go there too and you say, hey, I caught my wife cheating and I want to hire a hitman, da 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 you're also going to go to jail because it's not a real website. It's not real. You know who's on the other end of that? The damn authorities. <laughs> That's who. So if you go there looking for work or looking to hire someone to kill someone for you, you're either way, you're going to jail. You're going to end up in jail. Yeah, best to not hire anyone to murder anyone for you would be my, my word of advice on that one. Just heads up. And also, if you want to murder someone, don't murder someone because it's always someone they know and they will catch you. You murder someone you know, they're going to catch you. You got a better chance of murdering a perfect stranger and getting away with it. And I don't know why you want to do that unless you're a complete psychopath. So don't murder people. Just refrain. Refrain, refrain. It's like I shouldn't have to say these things. Yeah. I am uh, not impressed with the National Guard right now. But up next, a young man I'm very impressed with. His name is Chase Sexton. Rides for HRC Honda. He won on Saturday. We'll talk to him right after this. It's the Big 49. Big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. All right, here's a little nugget that I got from the press conference when we were waiting for it to start on Saturday right after the Supercross race in Atlanta. And it's Chase Sexton. He was your overall winner. And Chase had his best ride of the entire year going wire to wire on that race and just looking like a champ, no mistakes, and taking the overall win. And he was asked by Daniel Blair, who was running the press conference, if he, you know, what it was like or blah, blah, blah. And Chase gave a answer. And to me, it was an F you to Ricky car Michael because Ricky is very critical of Chase's riding especially when he crashes and Chase kind of made comment of that in this answer to Daniel Blair who later deflected the whole thing and just kept moving along but check out this answer from Chase Sexton uh, I felt good I was uh, <laughs> around 10 minute marks I'm sure the TV broadcasters were waiting for something to happen for me but we were uh, Why are you looking at me? not 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 you not you just um, yeah, and there we go. Daniel Blair then changed the subject and moved right on, which was a smooth move by Daniel Blair. I'll give it to him on that one. But to me, I think he was talking about Ricky Carmichael. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9. It's a Stretch show. Music to my ears. It's the bro him. That means it's time to pack it up and get out of here. I'll come back and talk to all the bros tomorrow. It's what I do every day. Tomorrow is a Tuesday show. Tomorrow I am... Just decide, I don't know. Maybe we talk to Justin Barsha. Maybe we talk to Kenny Roxon. I'm not sure which. I'm leaning towards Barsha, to be honest with you. Probably gonna have Barsha on tomorrow. He was in second place, Chase was in first, and Kenny will be Wednesday in third. That was the formula for the weekend. Cool to see Kenny on a Suzuki back on the box, too. 
even if he doesn't like Moto Man. I don't like Moto Man much either, Kenny. I I, I feel your pain. He's one of my best friends, but you know, so you're just like, yeah, he's my dad, but I just don't like him. I get it. I get it. I understand. I understand he rubs you the wrong way, Kenny. I totally get it. Um, I might try to patch that relationship up one day, but in the meantime, I'm enjoying it too much watching Kenny not like Moto Man, to be honest with you. It's wonderful. See if I can get him to not like Bookie Kyle, too, just for fun. <laughs> so it's going to be Kenny's only going to like me and Jason from HYR. And he'll be like, yeah, these other guys I don't like. And we'll go into the room after the races at Pala, and he'll be like, sorry, you guys can't be here. Kenny's on the podium, only Stretch and Jason. Bookie Kyle, Moto Man, you got to leave. You got to leave the room. I'll, I will see to it. I'll be like, get them out of here. They're disturbing the champion. That's what I'll tell them. All right. I'm packing it up and going home for today. We'll get more moto for you tomorrow. We'll also replay that Chase Sexton interview if you missed it. And we will start powering through this week as we power towards the end of the Supercross season. Very excited, though, about this week. Uh, East-West shootout. We're going to have Honda on Honda Crime, Lawrence on Lawrence, brother on brother. It's going to be good because those dudes are the, the hottest thing in 250s right now. And it's the last time we will see this as Jet moves up to 450s as soon as Supercross season is over. Just a couple more races for him, and he is done. Man, got to be fun. You guys go pack it up. Do what you got to do. We'll reconvene here tomorrow. If you want to check out the podcast, get it anywhere. Podcast to serve, stretch show, podcast, Big 49, or the Big 49. You'll find it. Google it. It'll pop up immediately. It's on their podcast, too. So just stretch show podcast. Thank you for listening. I will talk to you tomorrow. Till then, God bless you all. And God bless the United States of America. Even the National Guards, guys. 